1: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
2: A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
1: Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky Rhett with you on a, uh, I guess, what do we call it? Are we calling this a Mock Draft Tuesday, Buck? What are we referring to this
3: as? Well, I guess, I guess that's what it is. It's, it's, it's the opportunity to get beat up by the football public because we are now jumping into <laughs> full draft season is mock draft season i know red saves his one and only silver bullet for later in the process but yeah um yeah. you guys are a little impatient yeah, yeah. settle this down my, yeah we'd like to give yeah. the
0: people what they want
3: early here and then you can i mean of- even though we don't even though we don't have head coaches and general managers it doesn't matter like it's still nah. the same okay. job. It's, yeah. it's just an exercise
0: yeah there you go um all right that's what we're doing today we're going to go through bucky's mock uh buck's going to give us a little explanation on what uh why he did what he did See if we can't uh, have some good discussion here. Uh, let's start it off here with the Chicago Bears, and it looks like at, it looks like they have a new offensive coordinator. Shane Waldron uh, is yeah. going to be that guy. So, uh, keeping that in mind, I don't know how that changes anything. If it changes anything, I kind of think it doesn't change anything. Uh, but fuck give me uh, give me your top ten picks. Go through them, and then uh, we'll, we'll have some questions for you.
3: Okay, here we go. Starting out with the Chicago Bears. They do as everyone expects them to do. They take Caleb Williams, quarterback out of USC. The Washington Commanders followed up with Drake May, quarterback from North Carolina. The New England Patriots make it three in a row. Jaden Daniels, quarterback from LSU. The Arizona Cardinals get Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. The Los Angeles Chargers go off the grid a little bit. They get Brock Bowers tied in from Georgia. Uh, New York Giants get Rome Adunze. From Washington, Tennessee Titans Olu Fashanu, offensive tackle, Penn State. Atlanta Falcons get a pass rusher, Dallas Turner from Alabama. Chicago Bears come back and get Liatu Latu, edge defender from UCLA, and then the New York Jets Joe, offensive tackle from Notre Dame.
0: Um, go go ahead, Rhett. You get the first crack at this thing. It's all you.
3: Yeah, let let's
2: do it here up at the top because um, I, this is going to be if If it's Caleb Williams at one, the next two picks, it's going to be all right. It's Drake May or is it Jaden Daniels? And for mm-hmm. a calendar year or more, it's been Drake May. But uh-huh. we had the talk. We had the chat when you you know, DJ laid yeah. out his first mock, and you know, Jaden Daniels is going to they're going to be attached. Yeah. so ultimately, what do you think it would take for the commanders to say, this is what this is what is the conversation like when the commanders say we're taking Drake May? over Jaden Daniels, like, and then, you know, vice versa. Like, what, what is that conversation about with those players?
3: I think the conversation would just be about the prototypes because there's nothing that I can say on the field in terms of playing that Drake may exceeded what Jaden Daniels did his final season at LSU. I would say it would be more the prototypes. It would be grading him on a bit of a curve because of whatever people will say, like, the talent around him, the supporting cast, and those things. But it would have to be a projection more than a production pick It's I'm projecting that Drake May is going to be a better pro over Jaden Daniels. And you're looking at like his size, his frame, and maybe you get spooked a little bit because of how slender he is. But the conversation is going to be interesting because if we stick to the tape, it's hard to justify strictly on the tape that Drake May is a better prospect than Jaden Daniels if we go 100 percent off the tape evaluation. I,
0: think that's a, I I agree with that 100%. And the other thing I would say is I'm always, when you're trying to do these mock drafts and you try and climb into the head of the decision makers, a lot of times you look at maybe even more so than the hits that they've had in the past, you look at the misses that they've had in the past. Yeah. And so if you go Adam Peters coming from uh, San Fran, obviously uh, it didn't work out uh, when, when they went high in the draft and they trade up for Trey Lance. It didn't work out. Trey Lance... I would say, you know, some of just like the natural stuff, like in terms of the accuracy, there was he hadn't played a lot, obviously. He didn't have a lot of experience. But, you know, he had tweak his release a little bit, and some of the accuracy stuff wasn't exactly where it needed to be in terms of just touch, controlling the football. And Jaden Daniels, when you watch his tape this year, he's very accurate. The ball's on the right shoulder. Like, he, he delivered the ball with tremendous accuracy. Drake may, and again, take in all the surrounding and support, and we're going to do all this as we go up there. There's there's some balls that you that aren't where they need to be. Oh yeah, and I I just wonder I just wonder if when we get, you know, through the process, if there's a ghost there that says, you know what, I just I know the prototype, I see the prototype, but man, like you were saying, the tape was just a little bit better with Jaden Daniels this year. It, it, it's 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 going to be something I think we're going back and forth on throughout the process of how that's shake out.
3: Uh, yeah. And I, and I think, I think right now early in the process, like you just kind of put them there as a placeholder, but I think everyone has to be able to recognize it's going to be hard for, I mean, because so many people do this for such a long period of time, that that name is what you're used to seeing, but you got to be honest with the tape. And when you're honest with the tape assessment, it isn't what some of the other guys have put up and he'll have to answer that. And no workout can do it. You can't change it until you put all 11 on 11 on the field and, and go and do it again. But yeah, I mean, it's – it's look, you're grading on a curve when it comes to Drake May. That's just what it is yeah. right now in the process. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fascinating discussion. Um,
0: Caleb, Buck, uh, on him individually. I know, uh, you know, the numbers came off. I know when you look at the numbers versus the top 25, it's going to be thrown in everyone's face throughout the whole spring and how he played in some of those games or what have you. My personal take on it was – this guy's a gifted thrower. There's no questions about his throwing ability. And I'm talking about every type of throw. Now, on the move, uh, stationary, drive, layer, like even just the simple uh, quick screens where you can just catch the ball and get out. If you watch the Bills game this last week, Josh Allen must have thrown 15 of those balls. Like there's something about just quick hands. It's like a shortstop. Just quick hands. We can get the ball out.
3: Oh, David Cutcliffe, middle
0: yes. implement. Yes. So while he's, wow, there's still, and then coming out of that college, system he was in under Lincoln Riley, while there's going to be a learning curve in terms of him, you know, getting, you know, through progressions, hanging in the pocket and playing that brand of football, I think in the meantime, you can live with him with how accurate and how quick he is, giving him some winners and then letting him use his athletic ability to make some things happen on the move as a runner, as a thrower. I think in other words, what I'm getting at, you can develop him and win while you're developing him.
3: Uh, My comp to him, I had to write a piece elsewhere and I compared him to Russell Wilson in his prime. In terms of, I think that he is, look, he doesn't play on time and on target, but his athleticism produces big plays. If you can harness that, just kind of teach him how to play a little more on schedule on time, like you do it. I think for him, everything is the coaching, like the coach, the coach player relationship that he has with the offense coordinator and head coach will determine how quickly he becomes that rarefied talent that we've talked about.
0: I think there's also, you know, we talk about throwers and quarterbacks, right? Two different things, but a lot of times in this league, man, if you, if you, you have to be a thrower to be a quarterback, right? So with him, if you just sat him stationary and said this, this velocity, this placement, he can make all, he can do all that easily, easily, naturally. Um, and I think you can work through the the rest of it. Russell was the same, same way in that sense that like, He's a gifted thrower. Like, this dude is a very gifted thrower. So you start there. Whereas I think if we look at some of these other guys who have maybe missed, there are some holes in their bag in terms of just simply throwing the football. There's no concern whatsoever. Like, in an accuracy competition, if they were just stationary, no pass rush, he throws it better than anybody, any quarterback in this draft. I don't think it's close.
2: And that's why I think like the I think interviews with Caleb are gonna be interesting to kind of, you know, hear about if if we get, you know, the actual portrayal of what those those interviews are like. And I, I would love to hear from Lincoln Riley more about like whether he yearns to be developed that way, to be structured in a way where he knows, hey, when I hit that fifth, when I hit that, you know, mm-hmm. m- when my fifth foot, you know, my fifth step hits, bang up, ball's out. I know that receiver's gonna be there. Like, does he want that? Or does he wanna be the tail end of Aaron Rodgers' career with Mike McCarthy, where he had no interest in playing on schedule, right? And there was no; it was just everything was just kind of all right. Let's sit back here for five or six seconds and see what happens. Because look, he's you know electric in those scenarios, but yes, there has to be a good balance. So I want to know like what his willingness is for it, right? Because I think there has to be some of that. Otherwise, you know, you're gonna you're gonna find yourself you know in a, in a bit of a situation. So I'm I'm really curious to see that part of it too.
3: Yeah, look, it, it 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 will be interesting to see how it all plays out. But he is gifted, no doubt.
2: Uh, real
0: quick, uh, Brock Bowers was another interesting one. Who I, I I've said, you know, I had a think going fifteen. You had him going five. I've said the range for him is probably as wide as anybody because nobody debates the talent. He's he's an yeah. elite, elite player. Um, I think he definitely comes into the discussion there, giving Justin Herbert, you know, a big time weapon, uh, you know, to play with
3: there. It was it was just hard for me to think that. The Chargers are going to go back to back first round picks at wideout. That's the only reason I was like, maybe a tight end. But man, can you go back to back? Yeah, can you go back to back at wideout? So that's the only reason why I had a tough time like putting another wide receiver in that spot. Ravens did it. Worked out for them. But
0: and I and I don't want to t- quit. And Johnston's uh, uh, story has not been written yet. But if we look back at the Eagles, oh I know, and the decision that was made when they got they didn't get it right. Let's put it that way. And they we'll came it. back and got Devontae Smith, and they solved it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think there is, there is precedent there to say, hey, don't let, that, don't let that stop you from taking who you think is the best player. But the interesting, discussion, the interesting discussion, Rhett, is going to be financially, is going to be when we've paid Herbert the difference between the savings of taking a cheap stud-ride receiver versus taking a tight end who, if we pick him this high, he's going to be already one of the highest-paid tight ends in the NFL – so we're not getting that surplus savings to fill out the rest of our roster that we need when we've paid the quarterback. That, that's going to be an interesting
2: discussion. Plus, I mean, you're likely losing one, if not both, of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Yes. They're, they're, they're you over. – I'll,
0: I'll give you the number no. real quick. They are, as we sit right now, the Chargers are $55 million over the cap.
2: So I would just say that that would make the taking a receiver and back-to-back years a bit more palatable. Like if you know that like those two guys are gone – and now you're left with what Josh Palmer and Quentin. Yep. Like if, if there's room for another top end talent there in a big mm-hmm. way. Um, so I, I get I get your thought there too, Bucky, because I have but those all the time. The other the other so, yeah. the other
0: thing, not just specific to the Chargers, but we talked about it yesterday with those final four teams having, you know, three first round picks along the offensive line. Like the Chargers, they have Slater, they have Zion Johnson, they don't have that third one. And if we go through our mm-hmm. we'll do this another episode, but when we go through that kind of championship, Uh, uh, foundation thing that we've done in the past. We talk about the number of offensive linemen, playmakers, all that stuff. Like, you can make a case they need that third stud. You know, third stud offensive lineman. So they 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 are going to be a fascinating not just because I call their games, but they're a fascinating inflection point in this draft of what they do because of the options they'll have with receiver, Bowers, or tackle. tackle. Yeah, that's a lot a lot going on there. Let's take a quick break. We come back. We'll get to eleven to twenty right after this.
3: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, Buck, uh, pick 11. The Minnesota Vikings are up. Who you got?
3: Here we go, Jerry Burse. Uh, Edge dependent from Florida State. Goes to the Vikings. Denver Broncos. Terry Arnold, cornerback from Alabama. Uh, Vegas Raiders. Talese Fuaga. Offensive tackle from Oregon State. New Orleans Saints. J.C. Latham. Offensive tackle, Alabama. Indianapolis Colts get a playmaker in Malik Neighbors, wide receiver, LSU. Seattle Seahawks, Brian Murphy, defensive tackle, Texas. Jacksonville Jaguars, Tavondre Sweat, DT, Texas. Cincinnati Bengals, Brian Thomas Jr., LSU, wide receiver. The Rams, Bo Nix, quarterback out of Oregon. And the Pittsburgh series, Amarius Mims, offensive tackle, Georgia. Start with Nix. Start with Nix, Buck.
0: Yeah, <laughs> give it to I just us. No, the people. I had to, I had to answer for it. You got to answer for it too. I'm just just giving. Okay, a so
3: so I'm 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 thinking about uh, Sean McVay. I'm thinking about the importance of toughness and experience and those things. I'm thinking about the athleticism that Bo Nix brings to the position and the maturity. The one thing that we can say about the Rams and what they've learned when they draft mature players, those players play right away. And I think that format and the success they had with Puka Nakua, the success that they've had with Karen Williams, and some of the other young players that are very mature may lead them to think that Bo Nix might be the right pick for them at that position because of mature his maturity and enchantables are off the charts.
2: Yeah. Um man, that's um I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think uh, you know, the 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 fit seems pretty good with the the skill set that Bo Nix has and Obviously, there's no immediate need to play, even though Bo's you know pretty dang seasoned when it comes to collegiate quarterbacks these days uh from his time at Auburn and at oregon um i i I could certainly see that i'm I'm kinda wondering though i mean um in terms of developing when you've got a head coach and a quarterback that are that into the game plan with each other each and every week, how much room is there? you know, for a, for a young quarterback to get that type of, of development. I'm sure there is, but, um, mm-hmm. I, I, it just, some of that, some of that comes into mind there. I, and I know if the Rams are, again, if if they're viewing this window with Matthew Stafford as short, how tough is it going to be to pass on a player that might help you get there and get one more crack at that thing, DJ? Cause that's obviously the the, the inflection point there, right?
0: Well, Take that comment out and insert it with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. Insert it with Aaron Rodgers with Brett Favre. Like that's always yeah. going to be there. I just think we've seen it. You know, the man you you want to be able to get in the tournament as many, without taking as long a gap as possible, right? Like just get in the tournament, get in the tournament, get in the tournament, and and that helps you. That helps you do that. It might not be the best thing for them to win a championship next year.
2: Well, and think about how they have absolutely hit it out of the park on picks two through rounds two through seven. So now you're using your first. They never have a first round pick. So this is like found money for them. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. And haven't had one since 2016 when they took Jared Goff number one overall. And that ended up working out, you know, pretty good for two teams. Um, And so now they've got an opportunity to use that pick on a marquee quarterback and then go just knock it out of the park again. Rounds two through seven. It's as easy as
3: that, right? I do think people are going to look at the Jordan Love pick a little differently now. Mm -hmm because they're going to see maybe I want to go to the grocery store when I'm not hungry. Maybe I Mm. want to, I want to go and give myself a chance to get a quarterback maybe a year or two before we need one. So I don't feel the rush to, I got to take whatever the market gives me that year. So maybe that's an opportunity for the Rams to do it and say, Hey, we're going to park him on the shelf for a year, maybe two, and really develop him and give him an opportunity to play.
0: One thing I want, one thing I want to mention here. Um, I'm going to put Buck on the spot here because when I went back through and I, I watched the tape a while ago. So when I went back through and looked at it, I don't know why I had something different in my mind. But Bo Nix got, he got officially heighted and weighted in the spring. So we have the, we have the number. We don't wonder how big he is. Buck, what, what would you guess
3: height weight for Bo um, Nix? I feel like it's a loaded question. I'm going to say 6'2, 225. He's 6017.
0: So you're off by an eighth of an inch. And he's 225 pounds dead on. I, I think sometimes people look at him because he doesn't look big. I think you think like, oh is he another like, is he you know, six foot even, like 205 pounds? like he's two he's six two, 225 pounds. like that's a
2: Bill, that's a sturdy dude, man. He's a big enough kid. yeah. Let me pose this question to you guys here, because what if the scenario arises where Rams don't have that opportunity? Could the Denver Broncos take a quarterback at twelve? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I don't think their future is on campus right now. Could the Las Vegas Raiders take a quarterback at thirteen? Absolutely, no question. Could the Saints at fourteen? Absolutely. Seahawks at sixteen. Like we might see these guys gone. That's when that's
0: when you get to the the Penix and McCarthy's. Um, yeah, you know, coming into yeah. coming into play. So, yeah, no, I think we could, yeah. And we'll see what happens in free agency. And there's some guys, there's some young veterans too, you know, out there that'll get another crack somewhere else.
2: One quick one here on the edge rushers um, before we move on to the to the next third that kind of fuses the top 10 with this group of 10 here. Uh, Leatu Latu going to the Bears, maybe over Jared Verse, who you have then going to the Vikings at 11, which certainly makes a lot of sense. What do you think the conversation is there between those two, Buck?
3: Oh, uh, look, I think the conversation when I'm thinking about the Bears in particular, I'm just thinking about like energy, effort, that type stuff. I'm trying to think of the person who would best compliment Montez Sweat on the other side. Yeah. I think Verse certainly can do it, but I just think there's something about Latu, just the way that he comes, the relentlessness. When you talk to the UCLA coaches about him, and they just talk about, man, this dude is a freak show of an athlete in terms of his bendability and what he can do. Uh I think that's intriguing. And I know the medical thing would be a thing because he was medically retired and came back. But his production and his athleticism in a defense that was a pro-style defense, I think that could be intriguing. Different
0: style, totally different styles. I mean, it's going to be kind of whatever, whatever style you want.
2: One's kind of a wrecking ball, right? The other one maybe a bit more tech of a technician.
0: Oh yeah, versus is just like a an a, a explosive bomb that goes off yeah. at the line of scrimmage. You <laughs> know, he just rugged. He just gonna run through your chest repeatedly. Uh, he's really good at it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Latu is a little more skilled as a pass yeah. rusher. Really good hands. He he's a technician. He can finish. And we've talked about that over the years. I always think of Hendrickson is the name that pops in my mind. Oh Trey so, Hendrickson. I think that's not a bad comp. I don't think that's a bad comp for Latu because Hendrickson's not. He is not a big speed to power guy. He's got some power, but that's not really his game. He is just, he's a technician and he knows how to win. So DJ,
3: that takes me back to the conversation. Remember the conversation we had with Greg Russo like years ago and how Greg Russo can like paint the picture. And much like we talked Mm -hmm. about wide receivers and skilled and technicians, and we've kind of come around like, hey man, I kind of take the technician over the athlete. I kind of feel that way about pass rushers. Nick Bosa was Mm -hmm. one for me that, Man, someone who just knows how to, you know, wax on, wax off, can do all of the, the stuff that you want to see a kid. They, but also has the speed and power. Yeah, those those so, guys yeah. those guys tend to always finish at the end of the year, yeah. 10, 11, 12 sacks, because they just have mastered the art. Latu, to me, has some of those traits. No, he's a, he's a good player. Um, all right, let's get to 21 to 32, Buck. All right, so 21, Jackson Powers Johnson. Guard Center from Oregon. The Eagle State, Nate Wiggins, cornerback from Clemson. Houston, Troy, for from Washington. Dallas Cowboys, Tyler Guyton, uh, tackle from Oklahoma. Uh, Green Bay Packers, they couldn't resist the name. Kool-Aid McKinstry, uh, cornerback from Alabama. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they get a, a nearby product. Kean Coleman from Florida State. Arizona Cardinals, Jordan Morgan, offensive tackle, Arizona. Buffalo Bills, Cooper Dijon. Uh, Cooper DeGene feels like a Buffalo Bill, doesn't he? Well, I mean, look in the little write-up I put, Micah Hyde and some of the other guys that played here. But
0: hey, here's a blast from the past. You might remember? Do you remember he actually went to App State? So that's what I'm saying. Do you remember Matt Stevens? Oh yeah, Matt Stevens. Yeah, yeah. He was a corner, white corner at App State. And then the Buffalo took him, I think, in the second round, and he played safety for them. Yeah. He ended up having a knee injury,
3: but really, really explosive. I remember Matt mm-hmm. and a great returner right there, yeah.
2: um, which, um, which they could use. Yeah.
3: Here we go. 29, Kansas City Chiefs, Chris Jenkins, defense tackle Michigan. Interesting. Detroit Lions, Chop Robinson, edge Penn State. San Francisco 49ers, Quinion Mitchell, cornerback Toledo. And the Baltimore Ravens, Braylon Trice, edge defender from UW. A lot of tackles. Um, I mean, that's, I'm trying to find some carryover
0: between mine and yours, Buck. We both believe this is going to be a huge tackle year um a bunch of those tackles coming off the board and then in this last third here you've got some corners uh, a, a decent number of corners coming off the board i'm curious with you um when i was doing this i got to 25 26 for me personally and it was hard kind of i didn't have like a ton of first round
3: grades like like where I felt like man who, who i want to put in here once I got to 20 is a crapshoot, yeah. And I think people are gonna talk about this and, and it's gonna be more of a theme as we get in the draft. They'll talk about just the lack of talent in the draft due to COVID situations, NIL. There's only 50 something juniors. We've had years past with over
0: 100 juniors come out. Only 50 of them, 50 something came out this year.
3: Right, so so now you're looking at a class that is a little different. And you know the beauty is gonna be in the eye of the beholder when we talk about the bottom of the first round, top of the second round, how these guys come off the board. To me, I think it's a lot easier when you're an evaluating a team builder to say, you know what, I don't know, but I probably feel better about a marquee position like a tackle, uh, like a cornerback where we can throw in there as opposed to some of those other things. I think what is interesting in this draft, because we we spent so much time talking about positional value in previous years, but uh we only have one tight end. Do we have a linebacker? Don't have a linebacker in the mix, no running backs in the mix. And so what you're seeing in the first round, the first round is going to be the piece you know playmakers pass rushers pass protectors um and passers that's that's who's going in the first round the, the one thing i would add though on the linebacker since
0: i did my last one uh i've done some more line. Adrian cooper from a and m has a chance to go in there i gave him a first round great he is he's gonna be big long and fast so maybe that's where you know we talk about taking some of those premium positions but maybe that that helps a guy like that in a year where maybe we're not as deep to say you know what i see all these teams playing in the final four i see a lot of really good off the ball linebackers that maybe this year i just take the best player and just take that you know take a guy like that
2: two things that uh i think came out to me dj you had ennis rakestraw in your in your first right yes i did uh, yeah. from missouri um the, the corner and i don't think you had nate wiggins so bucky you put you put i had nate i had wiggins too i had both of them <laughs> yep you had wiggins in okay all right you had wiggins in Um, And then uh, just looking down there, you know, as you get into that, that cornerback group, that's one thing to kind of look at from 21 to 32 with the three different corners. Is it a flavor situation? Is it a fit situation there? And then I I think a fun one is what you got at 26, Mike Evans replacement and Keon Coleman, big physical receiver right there.
3: Well, you just know at some point they got to do something. What are they going to do? Like not only Mike Evans, but Chris Godwin, they both have big money deals. Um, It's essential. Uh, for
2: Mike's up Mike's Mike says he's he's not I mean like he, it sounded like at the beginning of the season when they didn't get the deal this was going to be the one, the last day and then you heard
3: Baker Mayfield say that if I'm coming back I need to have this guy back with me the one thing if Baker Mayfield is going to be the quarterback you need guys that can expand the strike zone you need guys that can take it off uh the backboard and he's one of those guys don't know how fast he's gonna run but he certainly uh can go get it as an acrobatic athlete uh that specializes in making some of those uh 50-50 catches yeah
0: and uh looking down here at the bottom it, it, interesting to see like Chop Robinson's gonna test like a freak. He's gonna run the low four fours. He's a crazy athletic dude.
2: Might get pushed up.
0: Yeah, he could he could go up. But Braylon Trice, I would say the testing is gonna be very important for him because that's the knock on him. Is like, does he have any juice? Can he go? So that like he's got a lot riding on the on the process.
3: So the reason why I slot him with the Baltimore Ravens, the one team who doesn't really sack production. Who, who, who doesn't yeah. care about tests? The Baltimore Ravens, yep. all the other stuff. Yep. Cause I'm sitting here looking because I had a buddy of mine like, man, how did the Ravens always get it right? I said, because they get good football players. They look at the tape. Cal Hamilton falls because he didn't run fast. I'm like, Oh, what? Oh, he's an all pro safety. Oh yeah. Cause the tape said he was going to be that. So to me, that's why I slotted him there. I was like a team that would ignore, uh, numbers would be the Baltimore Ravens because mm-hmm. the tape is solid.
0: There you go. There you go. It's a good defense there. Um, all right, anything, uh, any other uh, points you want to make here, Rhett, as we, uh, as we pick this thing apart? I think we're very kind. I think we all, there's nothing, There's. this is what, it's kind of a weird draft where there are some inflection points we talked about up at the top. Yeah. But I don't feel like there's, man, this is, these are just juxtaposed one another. Like I am, this person don't like that person and you're the opposite. Like I don't see this as that type of a draft.
3: I think Drake, Drake made Jaden Daniels is going to be the biggest debate of the whole yep. of The whole track. I think what, yep. the more debates will happen when you start ranking them out. When we start doing big boards and we start having to list a top 100, what order do you have people in, sequence list. That's where it becomes harder because we can talk about all these guys kind of being, not me, I don't want to be disrespectful to the prospects, but look, there's a lot of, ah, uh, I don't know. And so there are a lot of guys that you like, very few guys that you love. And that's going to be hard to figure out which teams love certain prospects based on kind of the parity that exists within the strap.
0: I I come back to two players, too, on this thing um, that maybe aren't the obvious ones. But, like, if you're saying two guys that you would stamp, to me, Roma Dunze has been that guy for me Mm -hmm. through this whole process.
2: Yeah, you've loved him. And
0: I would say Terry and Arnold is the other one. These guys are big, fast, tough productive, reliable, dependable, like, uh, uh, and, and, you know, the draft is an ultimate crapshoot when you have all those boxes checked, like those two specific players do. And they're not the only ones, but those are just two to me that I feel like, man, I know how competitive and how productive and tough and fast. I, those guys that I get, I put my stamp on both those
2: guys. I already know. I already got a theme. I already got a theme brewing for the Rhett Mach 1.0 and final. Oh no! It's, I, it's oh, already no. coming together. Oh. It is already coming together.
3: You already have a theme this far out. We're already doing themes. i
2: Got it. It's already happening. Here's
0: what he's gonna do. I already know what he's gonna do. He's gonna put the the Michigan tight end in the first round just because he went to Indiana at one point in time. That's what he's. Arner,
2: let's go. Yeah. You're gonna love him. It's a bad group.
0: player. He's not a bad player.
2: Hey, we're all going. Uh, we're all going uh, all star gaming. Um, this weekend.
0: That's right. When do you guys leave?
2: I'm leaving right after Champ Sunday. Um, So, we'll get on the ground in Frisco. It's in Frisco, Texas this year, not Vegas. The Shrine Bowl is. So, we'll do practices there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Game Thursday night on NFL Network in prime time. So, um, yeah, excited for it. And then you
0: guys... I'm heading out Monday. I'm heading out Monday going to Mobile. So, the game's on Saturday.
2: And we're back to like big, full-on practice coverage. Yeah. Yeah, which is all awesome. practice, and
0: yeah. we'll have the insider guys down there. So they'll be uh, kind of keeping everybody up with what's going on. But none of this, a lot of this coaching stuff is still out there. So I get it. You can watch some college kids uh, and get excited about the draft. While also mm-hmm. kind of figure out what's going on with all these openings that
2: haven't been filled yet. Fuck, so. you got a new defensive coordinator too, and Ryan Nielsen's coming over from Atlanta. Yeah, I just got a
3: text. I just got a text from his side. Now I'm curious on who, who who's, who's, who's coming with him from the Falcons. He's a rush four guy, right?
2: Uh, Saints yeah. have always
0: been
3: a kind of a rush
2: four. Yeah. Well, he was with the Falcons last year. Um, so but that's yeah. where he cut his teeth. He was he yeah. was a
0: Pete Carroll guy, I think.
2: Uh, going back to SC, did he play for Pete or
0: did
3: he coach for Pete? I think he's got ties to Pete for some reason. He might have been. He might have been. He was with the Saints for a long time, right? Dennis Allen, those
2: Yeah. Guys. And was going to go to the college. was going to go to LSU, but they blocked him. And so um, yeah. now he's... Oh, theirs. by the
0: way, speaking of blocked, I saw Kellen Moore got blocked the other day, which led me to wondering, okay, how does that factor into what the, uh, yeah. the Chargers are doing? But I think, hey, if if you've got some candidates out there that, um, you know, first of all, Kellen could be a candidate, um, but you've also got, you know, Dan, guys like Dan Quinn who've worked with Kellen in the past. Um, you don't want to make him available in case you end up hiring Dan Quinn. You wouldn't have to make any changes there. So, mm-hmm. great uh, point. who knows? Yeah, interesting. That, that is kind of interesting. Interesting time. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Uh, be sure to check out Bucky's mock draft. Go to NFL.com. You can find it. He'll have uh, little blurbs on every, every pick as well. So if we didn't cover a guy on this pod, uh, you can read about it right there. Uh, hope you guys uh, are all fired up for the championship games this weekend. We are as well. We will break those down the rest of the week and, uh, and recap them next week. So we appreciate you, and we'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks.